I was watching something with John and a character. I'm going to see it. This is a litmus test for you. I There was a character that folded something and put it in his pocket. And John just went, Ugh, and I just went, roll the maps. I don't know that one. No? No. What no. Is... It's Twister. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's right? been so long. <laughs> it's too long, honestly. Yeah. Too yeah. long. God, that's Because a that's movie. a fucking great movie. It's yeah. so fucking Do you, good. Did you ever go to the ride at Universal? They had a ride? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. It was rad. I'm pretty sure it was Universal. It would make sense. But yeah, it was kind of like, did you ever go to the backdraft one? Yes. It was like that. Oh, okay. So it's not like a ride ride? It was on the, it was on the studio tour. Y- yes, I believe. Okay. It's been so long. A while, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then they had the cow part, and it was fucking- That's delightful. It was so fucking cool. The studio tour over there is so fucking good. Yes. It's so much fun. Have you been? I've actually never been to Universal uh, Studios. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Every th- almost every single thing in that park outside of the studio tour is fucking trash. Almost. Like so almost. so disappointing and the huh. place is so small. Oh, well, the one in the one in Florida. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm strictly talking California. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood I, I haven't is- been to that one. Huh. I think the last time I went to Universal was actually in Florida. Uh, right after they finished like the whole Harry Potter world. Oh, okay, sure. And that was pretty cool. My sister and I were just giant nerds. We're like, you better beer. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. was great. And then, <laughs> obviously, because it's Florida, it was hot. Right. And my sister's like, oh, we should go on the Jurassic Park ride. I'm like, oh, yeah. Is that one, does that one, like, is it like Splash Mountain and you get, like, wet? She's like, I don't think so. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lied to me because I like I couldn't remember because the last time I had gone to Universal Studios at that point was when the un or when the Jurassic Park ride was at the California one and it was like brand new but it was still it was really fun it was cool as fuck the, like, but they just redid it in California they did I guess. Jurassic World yeah and it, you know I've heard it's really really fucking cool though it is like I watched a I watched a ride through of it uh-huh. and it is. Almost identical to the original ride. Oh, okay. They introduced, like, they Just have- added a couple things. They added a couple things. Like, they added the fucking the Dominosaurus, I think, oh, if I remember correctly. Ab- Abdominus Rex or Yeah, something. and then they, uh, they, I think they make one of the raptors blue. Oh, yeah. You know, and then they have, like, I... Chris Pratt and What's-Her-Face do voiceovers. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, love she's her. cute, though. I she love her. She is precious. I just want to kiss her face. I like her, too. Just nothing that she's in. <laughs> like, I like her, but I don't like, I don't, Bryce, I don't appreciate work. I don't appreciate any of your choices, <laughs> but what you did with those choices What was that was M. Night great. Shyamalan? Lady in the Water? Lady, Lady in, in the Water. water. Yes. Which I've heard is trash. Haven't seen it. Uh, I have. John I, says, I enjoyed it. John says the design of everything is really good, but the story is like one of the dumbest fucking things mm. ever. It's M. Night Shyamalan. All his shit's weird. Yeah. But she was in his other one, too. Uh, she was in the village. The village, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hated that movie. Yeah, she was in that one too. Um, I went with my sister to see it in the theaters, and like, yeah, I think I, 10, I saw it there too. 10, 15 minutes in or so, we're sitting there, and I'm just like, oh, God damn it. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I think I just figured out what's going on. And then at right. the end, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. it. M. Night, your twists are turning into garbage. Yeah. But I can't, what movie was it recently? Not Devil. that recently. No. Uh, like the, how the, the visit. Oh, okay. When the two kids go to visit their grandparents or something, and it's just 
completely fucked. It was actually pretty decent. I liked was it. Was that an M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. yeah. I didn't huh. know that going into it because I was like, after I saw the village and those signs, I was just like, mm. I do like that the twist I for loved devil. I signs, though. I did not. I love that the twist for devil was that the devil's an old woman. Ha! You never. <laughs> I mean, Sounds pers- right. personally, can confirm. <laughs> Sounds right. Both myself and my life experiences. Yeah, that sounds right. Right, right. Uh, right. That sounds about right. Yeah. I don't think Checks I've out. seen your thighs this bare. And I, I say this because the tattoos. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, well, because it's hot as dicks today. It's like so 97 I see Beetlejuice. Degrees. Yeah, Beetlejuice. What's over there? Uh, Bub from Day of the Dead. Oh, okay. George Romero. And then uh-huh. I've got my Egon, and I'm right. sitting on Slimer, which sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> but... By the way, I heard the song. Um, give me a sec. I got to run through the lyrics for a quick, uh, for a hot minute. Uh, uh, we'll meet again. Okay. Right. You know the song. We'll meet yeah, yeah, yeah. again. That's the song that plays know, in the World War II exhibit know, of the Cardiff Castle. Yes. And it, which is the dopest World War II I exhibit I've ever in, seen. In, like beautifully. Done. And like it made me want to message you and say, "Hey, I really want to go to Cardiff and also get tattooed with you." Um. I would Let's love go. to do that. I'm ready. Because we can drive up to Seattle and fly this winter round trip for like five, six hundred each. Fucking, um, let's go. Yeah. Not without fucking me, you No, don't. of course not. Okay. <laughs> also, we're recording. And welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. Welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. It's now a travel podcast. Did you know? Because we just decided that right now. Oh, welcome to Ghosts and Hoes, a paranormal yeah. podcast uh-huh. where we talk about all things spoopy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. cryptids, yeah, those. motherfucking aliens, definitely those. motherfucking witchcraft, the ferals, but the ferals, most important, murder most foul, but most importantly, dicks. dicks. And boy, do I have a lot to say. Oh, and real quick today. If any of you do want to see that Cardiff Castle exhibit, I do have the whole thing filmed in black and white. Ooh. Because it was my favorite, it was one of my favorite things from that trip. I was walking fucking, through that hallway. It was it's so it's it's just incredible. Yeah. It is haunting. The way that the sound reverberates yeah. off of and the whole corridor. And how at some points where it just like suddenly goes quiet. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't like it. Have I told you what the what it is before? I think you've played it for me before. Have I? Okay. Yes, you played it. For those of you who haven't heard, it's a motion sensor thing. You walk into the walls of the Cardiff Castle because that's where they used to house people when Cardiff was getting bombed during World War II. So you walk in and the motion thing trips and you hear um, Winston Churchill's very famous World War II address. Right. And then you hear a radio announcer announcing the bombings that are happening and where to go. And then there is audio from the bombings in Cardiff that play. And then it fades into this incredibly haunting... Uh, version of we'll meet again and it's just reverberating through the walls and as you're walking through they have the old bunk bed frames that are all rusted out and they have a bunch of english war propaganda and uh there's little enclaves chunked out of one of the sides they have like the kitchens that they used to use to cook for people interesting it's fucking fascinating and it's terrifying it's it is all of those things it's beautiful yeah so well done. It is all um, of those things. Sorry, dicks. Yeah. Dicks. So, please do go it on. is 5,000 degrees here in Portland, Oregon. Truly. It has been. And on it looks like it's going to continue to be for the, the next sun. entirety of the week. Um, and, only, and it's so, only going to get hotter. Right. And so, starting last summer, because, you know, COVID lockdown, spent a lot of time at the river, which I'd never really done. 
Uh, but now that my nephew is at his father's house for the summer, uh, Goose on the Loose and I, for the last two days, went to Collins Beach, which is the clothing optional beach. On Savi Island. On Savi's Island. Right. And I learned some things. Okay. This is what I've learned okay. so far. I've been in All suspense right. for hours. Thus far. Same. Number one, old men really enjoy being naked, and they give absolutely zero fucks. Awesome. Zero. Like, none fucks. Just nads. None. Nads to Nary the a fuck. And I, I asked you this question earlier. Was it like watching a, just a bunch of microwaved hot dogs flapping around between thighs? Yes. Just yeah. nads yes. to the sand. None cares. Yeah. Yeah. No. They just, they it, it's, and it's all, and here's the thing. I mean, and they're all shapes and sizes. There's some real big boys. There were some real little guys. Where? Again, another thing I learned, do not underestimate the short guy. No. There was a fucking tripod out there. Uh-huh. Uh, he was probably 65. He was maybe a jockey when he was young. He was a little dude. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Just <laughs> swanging. Wink, wink. Yeah. So there was that. Um, there is, uh, I've nicknamed him Skin Suit. Oh boy! Ooh. And I saw him yesterday and today, and I had a feeling I was going to see him again today because he's not human, y'all. Oh, I can't. He is. I, I that 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 is a thingtillion, a reptilian. I don't know what the fuck it is. It is not all right. It makes me insanely uncomfortable. I needed to know where it was at all fucking times. It was not okay. Can you go beyond skin suit and how uncomfortable you are with this person? Uh, really fucking uncomfortable. No, I, like, I get that. So here's the thing, and this is another thing. Like, we're we talking like Edgar and Men in Black kind of thing, like skin hanging, literally hanging off his bones. No, he was he was a very attractive young guy with okay. a very large dick. Um, but there is something about him that is Just that is sets your teeth on edge. It's like the like, guy, like yeah. the guy, mm-hmm. the face shifter. Like I kept watching him. I'm like he, it's off. Off, 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 off. And he would, and this is the other thing I learned. People like to troll the beach. Now, they walk along the shoreline. I mean, certain dudes made at least three or four passes. And they all walk along uh, the waterline, right? And they're all looking towards the beach. Yeah. Towards the beach. Like, hello. Look at my dick. They're, they're peacocks. Yes. Yeah. They're peacocking. Yeah, yeah, they're peacocking. They're cocks. Yes. So, and then- Peacocking. The ones that got real desperate after three or four passes just start walking down the center of the beach because apparently nobody's taking the bait. No. This is like literally a mating call. Yes. Now, here's the thing. So, is it more- uh, There's a lot of men there alone and a lot- there were, Shocking. There were cock rings- some okay. of the largest Prince Albert I have ever seen in my life. Huh. And his, he he had the biggest Prince Albert I have, it, it, it looked heavy, oh, yeah. heavy and large. But as he walked past holding his lovely lady, friend, wife, girlfriend, whatever's hand, I realized, wait, I can see one between his ass cheeks too. Oh. <gasps> Oh, his taint is pierced too. So, and huh. the ring was just as big. Like I don't know how his gooch was holding it, but it was. Huh. Right. 
Okay. Here's the thing. Everybody does their own thing. No judgment. Not shaming. No judgment. But why? Why is the... And here's the thing. They were a very... This is the best. They were probably in their very late 50s, early 60s couple. Man, woman, holding hands. Um, He looked like he is probably like a dentist or a stockbroker has some sort of super like straight laced yeah situation yeah and he just every time he sits down there's a clink <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what i mean i love that for him right right well, yeah i don't yeah. i mean not for me but sir you do you yeah i yeah. just sounds like but, but, constant right. work yeah, that i don't this want this is what i learned old men care not no, no, and they, they don't enjoy have to. being naked. Oh, yeah. yeah, proud as a peacock, baby. Yes, I don't think there you go. I will ever get a piercing, ever. Oh yeah, I mean, hey, I don't think it's for. I will get my whole body covered in ink. I don't think I'm ever going to get a piercing. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. I'm done. Stay tuned because I, I, it's there's it's beach weather and we're going back. So sure, stay tuned. Um, yeah. And yep. you Reptilian know, dude will be there probably. He probably. lives there. I'll bet. I I've wondered. Maybe to he be lives honest in that. with you. So he's hot. He's he is an he's an attractive kid. He's very tan. I'd say he he's probably mid early to mid twenties. Okay, but he is in off. Earth years like like ripped or just uh, no good not face? not like gym ripped but very lean very muscular. Um. Very tan. I'm very curious. Good looking guy, but there is something very off about him. He is a very off putting, not human being. He is off. He is not, he is, he is off. Probably lives in that weird spaceship that's out there. Probably. Oh, the on Savage Island, it was like a houseboat or something that looks like a spaceship. Okay. It is just there now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, stay tuned for that. Like, I'm sorry. What are you talking about spaceships like it's not a big deal? Yeah, just flippantly mentioning. Does nobody rest. know that? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. You can. Well, here's the thing. He, it's like he was constantly looking. I don't... He was searching for something. And I'm like, he's looking for another fucking suit. He's looking I... for a suit better than the one he's got. And he's not finding it because we've got a bunch of geriatrics out here swinging their dicks everywhere. And it's not working for well, him. So here's three things I'm going to propose as alternatives. A- Creepy yes. Gaiman. Fair. Creepy Gaiman. Uh, two, was looking for somebody who was supposed to meet him there. No. Three. He did it again today, too. Three, looking for women. First and third scenario, just a really fucking creepy dude. He's a really creepy dude because... looking for another skin suit. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> End of list. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, yeah, and then there's another... It's the... Here's the other thing. It's like the trolling of the shore. There's there's the guys who clearly have got like, you know, their space set up. They got their blanket. They got their stuff. And then there's the guys that just park, get naked, and then have their clothes wrapped in a towel that they carry with them like a fucking hobo satchel. Okay. It is a really fucking weird thing. That doesn't... I don't like... I saw that multiple times. Just pick a spot and... No, 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 no. Just walking back and forth across the waterline. It just seems. I feel tiresome. like I know that a nude beach seems like the perfect place to pick people up in a like very first thought kind of sense. Mm-hmm. But when you really start to dig into the details of what a nude beach is, that actually seems like a really shitty place to pick up people. Yeah. Thank you. I think Don't it's creepy. So, but here's so 
And there's a lot of solo guys. There's a lot of solo dolos. Again, shocking. There's a whole swinger set. Saw them. Oh, yeah. You can, uh, there was a man that had little tiny sunglasses on his dick. It was very cute. That's he amazing. He was probably 75. I love that. Yeah, I was here for it. A lot. And then uh, his wife grabbed their other friend in Passing's ass. It was, they're definitely like old nudist swingers. I'm here for it. Hell yeah. Good on them. Key parties. Um, yeah, it's sure. Happening have it. to this day. Yeah. At their houses. Um, <laughs> so for straight men that go to the nude beach. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, now, you're there alone, fine. So, do you go alone because you think it's weird to ask your friends to go with you? Is it weirder to sit there and be the creepy straight guy at the nude beach? Or is it weirder to be a group of dudes just talking about football naked? Like, which is it? That's a good question. Right? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Now, women, we can just go be naked, tatas out, it doesn't matter. We can sit there and talk about all kinds of things. We can put sun lotion on each other's backs and nobody's getting fucking weird. But do dudes do, like, a group of dudes just talking about fucking foosball with their dicks out? Is I that feel, a thing? I feel like it is in other countries, not in the States, because, again, our puritanical roots are showing. Right. A lot of solo dudes out yeah, there. Like, lo- just... And I'm like, are you a creeper or are you just not secure enough to be here with another man? Maybe both. Depends Be on like, the hey, person. dude, let's go to the nude beach. Like, no. Right? Depends on the dude, maybe? Potentially. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I would want to go because I don't want to get sand. And In your coochie? I don't want to do that. That sounds very uh, chafing yeah. and irritating to uh, throw it off some pH I'm balance fine being topless. I, yeah. I'm not putting my coochie out there, though. No, sand. No, I'm not putting my coochie I out. I don't want sand in there. So, my titties are, are fine. Yeah. Are we doing it? We're doing it. We're doing it. I, yeah. can, I can see. I can see it, happens, it happens when I drink. Uh, I yeah, get excited. We've had slip, slop, nippy, noops, snops, snops, We got nip, nips. We got nip, nip today. I had a single... Diamatap shot, and it tasted like Diamatap. <laughs> it, it, it did. It was, it was really, really fucking gross. And then they gross. use the turpentine vodka to make them. Oh, of course. And so, yeah, it definitely tasted like it was gross. Being sick, absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> All right, oh. so it looks like we are playing the goop game today. Play, is it okay? Oh yeah, we go with the goop game. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll right. we love All a goop game. Go. Do we want more Savvy Island? Do you have more Savvy uh, no, Island? No, that's that. That was that was volume one. Yeah, volume one. <laughs> more, more, more to, to come. come. More to come. Uh, while you get that set up, uh-huh. I got a little, a little update from Tim about his dad. Okay. And the whole Yes, the Dahmer. Yeah. Uh, and he said, it's more of a coincidence. The company had a secure parking lot you needed a badge to get into. Also, my dad worked second shift, so he was already home when Dahmer had his run-ins with the police. Didn't even know Dahmer lived there until after his arrest. Interessante. Okay. Still, Fair. I mean, hey. Right? Like, ugh. Still very, very creepy. Also... Uh, I can't remember. Let me look it up really quick. Someone made a meme for me, and it was absolutely delightful. Just one second. I know. Well, I'm going to throw it out there. So uh, Z and I went to Dr. K's house recently for a barbecue. Um, A friend of ours was in town from the New York. And uh, our nephew, Ethan, Dr. K's son, who does listen. Hey, honey. Hi, baby. Um, he brought something up very interesting with Randall Woodfield and the I-5 killer. Yes. Uh, it is, and I can't remember what it's called now, but that brain injury that- Oh, the foot- TBIs, traumatic yes. brain injuries. Yes. That football players get, he thought, could that potentially have been um, a part of his later insane fucking anger, complete 
insanity of potentially a but killing spree. Yes. But also he was like that and exactly. beforehand. It could but have I feel like it could have exacerbated things later. Exactly. We'll never potentially. know. Potentially. Well, he's still alive. I but mean, we could I mean, ask him. We might, I, I guess we could. That's weird. I forgot he's still alive. Yeah. But um, I think that it's, but again, remember he didn't like to get hit. Mm-hmm. And he avoided it at all costs. I don't know that he played enough yeah, to actually I was gonna, get that. That was my next question. I was like, it, I don't think he... But and it, also, he was in a... I don't think he was in a defensive position. He was. was yeah. Was he? Yeah, That's that was why it was so weird that okay. he was a linebacker. Oh, I'm, I'm going right. to say this. Yes? It only takes one. Fair. True. It only takes that one. That is true. Fair. Um, yes, it's a very good because point. Because the interesting thing about his crimes, it, it, it started off, obviously, here, look at my dick. He was, he was a shower. He was an exposer. Mm-hmm. And then it just- A creeper. Slo- He's a creeper. Yeah. And then it slowly, okay, well, I'm going to test this. Escalated. I'm going to do a little rapey rape. I'm going to do a little killy kill. And then he just went- goes. He went fucking ham. That's generally- I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm, and nothing made sense. Nothing. And that's how so, it works. Spree killers, I, yeah. Escalations. Also, this was it. It was different photos of garlic, and it said, Z, cooking anything starter pack. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. I feel so seen. And it was Margaret. Thank you for sharing and making that. That's I love fucking it. hilarious. I've got three selections here for you guys. Yes. Okay. Now, these are all from the sales section of Goop. The sale section, this okay. Is all, all, right. all things that are on sale. All right. Only Gwyneth can offend me. <laughs> so this one is the rooked nest neck dress. Oh, it it looks almost like a pant. Like I feel a like suit. I feel like I've seen this at both American Apparel and Forever Twenty One. I don't hate it. So, if you're tall and not curvy like us, yeah. Here's the description. Sure. <gasps> The straps may look like an advanced game of Cat's Cradle. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fucking who writes this shit? It's but believe me. us when we say this dress is everything once you slip it on. Done in a gorgeously fluid fabric, it's designed to, with a down-to-there rucked neckline. Rooched? Ugh. Rooched. 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 Neckline, detailed draping, and a sexy back cutout. Eat my ass. I want to see the back. I will show you. Thank you. Uh, Hang on. I mean, yeah, you you definitely need some real good boob tape. Plus, how chic is that rosy nude shade? I mean, style it with strappy sandals and goop hoops in your golden <laughs> goop hoops. <laughs> goop hoops. <laughs> Fuck off! Oh boy, that's the back. Oh no, I don't what? like that. It looks it's, like the back is dumb. It looks like it, your butt's gonna pop it out. It looks like when you tuck your skirt in it to your underwear and you don't wrong. know. The front is cute. The back the is The back fucks not. it up. I don't like that. Uh-uh. Well, and those shoes with it are completely that fucking heinous. Looks Get like out of here. The back of that is, it looks like you're you're wrapping a, a beige, rose beige garbage bag around you. Yeah, it looks like it belongs it to a different terrible. dress. It doesn't make sense. That's awful. I don't um, like it. It's horrible. The sandals look like Tevas, and- if They do. I'm not, I don't- I am against it 100%. Yeah, okay, so sale price? Are we doing just sale price, or- Fuck, I mean, how mad do you guys want to get? Oh, well, Pretty mad, I, mean, I guess. It's going to be irritating- <laughs> I do enjoy anger. No matter what, because I'm Let's, certain I've seen gonna, this dress for like $15. Okay. You're going to guess the sale, and then I okay. will give you- Actually, I'm going to give you the full price, you guess the sale. Okay. Full price- $1,790. How dare you? How? You 
fucking assholes. So I'm going to say sale price. Mm, oh, fuck. Five fifty. Okay. It's seventeen hundred. Seventeen ninety, almost eighteen hundred. Twelve hundred. Uh, Price is right rule Z wins, <laughs> but you are closest with one thousand seventy four. Eat my ass. That is just one thousand and seventy four. You could literally oh, get that. Shit, that was the wrong one. So God many damn prices. it. Well, look. All right, let's try that again. Okay, oh, okay. That, oh, those were the wrong it, prices. Actually, the full price is actually ironically still correct. Uh, so seventeen ninety. What was your guess, Z? Five fifty. Five fifty. I was twelve hundred. You were twelve hundred. Okay. The f- this is the final sale. Ah. Five thirty-seven. Oh, still. I just like it because I it was closer. It looks like a fucking toga. Eight. I have literally. I think I actually just gave Goose a dress from Forever Twenty One that looks really similar to this. Eat my ass. And when it is? was from Forever Twenty One. It was like probably twenty dollars. Winnie. Ma'am. All right, so we're going to skip the second one because I just told you all of the information about it. <laughs> it's a hideous purse. So this was seventeen ninety. Okay, That's well, it's ugly. On sale for ten seventy four. Ugly as sin. Ooh. And we got this guy. Ooh. And I'm going to read you the description, and then uh, I need you guys to talk shit about it for a minute because i got to find a third one. Okay. So, uh, sharp lines, queen tailoring, slick navy blue. Victoria Beckham can do no wrong. Oh, boy. Oh. And this double-breasted coat is evidence. The knee grazing length is both polished and practical, combating cold fronts and gusty winds when you're out and about. The soft wool cashmere blend doesn't hurt either. Oh, and Jesus. in any case, navy might just be the new black. No. Ew. It isn't. I mean, it's not. I like it. It's a pea coat. It's sure. a pea coat. It's a tailored pea coat. Yeah. It's nice. Sure. Um, you can find many a pea coat in the winter times anywhere. Uh, and this is Victoria Beckham, so I'm certain it is outrageously expensive. So are you going to give us the full price when we guess the sale? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Actually, let's go opposite on this. Just because the final the full, the full final sale price is the same as the one we just guessed. Oh, okay. Uh, so the sale price is $1,076. Jesus Christ. $2,500. $2,500? I'm going to go... Three grand. Price is right. Twenty six ninety. Fuck off. Twenty six ninety. Fuck right Good the fuck l- off. Again, you could get something very similar to that for probably under two hundred dollars at many other places. Y'all suck. And if you just want a regular peacoat, you can hit up a thrift store, and I'm sure you can find one a for fucking like military supply store. Yeah. Fuck. And Andy for, and Bax. For mm-hmm. our third and final. Oh, uh, no. I have a feeling that that is something that you can put something in. Maxi bead necklace. Oh, no. What's At happening? 16 inches, this statement hey. necklace, this is called a statement necklace. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Heard of it. Falls to rest against the collarbone. Okay. A prime length for stacking, say, with the long bead necklace. Although this bold strand can definitely hold its own. It's crafted from a light-catching 18-karat gold vermeil on sterling silver and fastened securely with an ornate lock closure pattern in tiny octagons embossed with the ML logo. What the hell is the ML logo for? It's made by Manlu. Sure. Sure. Is that the only photo of it? Is that thing I'm looking at the clasp? Yes. Oh, okay. 
So it looks kind of like the plastic Mardi Gras beads that you get at it Party does. City. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looks or, like children's plastic play jewelry. Uh-huh. Yeah, it sure does. Okay. Uh, oh, no. Now, here's what's fun. Oh. This is on sale. Kay. There is no sale price. Oh. Oh, that means it's too it's, fucking much it's to begin one of the, with. It's, it's like the watermelon satchel. Exactly. Where you have to ask for the price. Right. Oh, I hate it. You pretentious fucks. No. So, okay, so is, is there a price at all? There is a price. And it's the There's full just, price. It is just the price. There's no, I'm not going to give you one and you have to guess the other. It's just a price. And it's, oh, fuck. I don't know. Uh, 18.95. Okay. Mm, mm, 25. 2,500? Yeah. Oof. It's going to be more than that. Are you guys, about, I feel it are you guys ready to be the most mad you've ever been at I this feel it. I feel it in my bones. I lowballed myself. Uh-huh. And I'm, what did you say? I said 25. 25? Which is half of what I initially wanted to say. And what was yours? 1895. 1895. Good God. <sighs> Actual retail price four thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, Fuck no, off. No. You're all horrible people. No. Honestly, Eat shit. Honestly, just go to Party City. It looks exactly the same. Fuck off. That's fucking fucks. That is uh, I hate it. Bastards. That is no. Only Gwyneth can offend me. No, I don't it's like offensive that. Offensive shit. Do we have backhoes? Like that. That's been the goop game no. for this week. Fuck, dude. Some nonsense. No, Who goes no. first? I do. I do. Fucking yes, because you did fly paper lighter. Fly no. paper lighter. Lies. I did. There are some backhoes. Hang oh. on, let me find them. Let me find them. Backhoe away. Backhoe him. away. Dishonest whore. Where'd it go? Why can't I find it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's looking for shit on her phone. Who's a call interlude? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. I was talking to myself. Oh. Okay. Yes. There we go. Okay. So Katiri said, though I will agree that Flypaper Lida is a way cooler name, I do know why she would have been called the female Bluebeard. Yes, that's and right. it actually has nothing to do with pirates. I was like, go on. So I'll admit to cheating a bit here. One of my professors in college is one of the leading experts in the world on the folktale of Bluebeard, so we talked about it a lot. Most people don't know the specifics of this folktale because there's no good way to turn it into a Disney movie. LOL. Truly. So Bluebeard is a French folktale about a rich man who marries a woman and gives her the keys to his huge mansion. He tells her that the keys will open any room, but that she's forbidden to go into one of the rooms. Of course, her dumbass eventually goes into the forbidden room and finds the bloody and butchered bodies of all of his previous wives. Therefore, in ye olden times, male black widows were referred to as Bluebeards. There it is. Amazing. Yep. I forgot. I saw that and I was like, okay, mental note. And then my mental note didn't mental note. Yes. So I'm I, glad you mental noted because I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. I didn't because usually I write it down immediately. I did not this time. But then I was like, oh yeah, I just said the thing and remembered another thing. Yes. Also, one from Desiree. Desiree. Yeah. Uh, here we go. <laughs> 
So <laughs> you are not a music. <laughs> no, no, not about you, but about what I'm about. Uh, to. Okay, yeah. So listening to the show, and I know I'll forget to say this, so just writing you now. Regarding deer in the Americas and feeding them, I mean, probably don't feed them anyways, but the deer are kind of a divisional creature for indigenous cultures. Like for us, and I'm so sorry because I'm going to mispronounce this, I'm sure, I'm Yaki from the Sonoran Desert. Deer are sacred. Uh, they're the animals that can travel back and forth to the flower realm. We have several dimensional type realms. And the flower realm is the most magical. They're very important, or they're very prominent figure, and we identify heavily by our deer dancers. Uh, for many of the plains and people throughout the Midwest and Canadian areas, you have the deer women, which are shapeshifters, and lure horny men to them only to stomp the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, like forest sirens. Uh, then other tribes think of them more as diplomats, like the creatures that negotiate with all the other creatures. No real point in this, I guess. Just is really interesting that you get such different opinions about deer on the same continent. I was like, that is very cool. That is hella cool. I was like, okay, all right, good to know. Huh. But also, now I just really don't trust deer. <laughs> Something about their eyes has always kind of made me go like, hmm. The big black eyes. Yeah. Just all black. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know why you see everything. Yeah. They see all of it. They do. What you got? Mmm, I got some stuff. All right. I got some stuff. I like stuff. So Stuff is good. Stuff and things. So after last week's incredible story, and not tooting my own horn kind of way, but like yes. the subject itself was incredible without my help, I wanted to do something completely different. So something a little spooky. Okay. And this was totally unintended, by the way, but today's story is another suggestion of Randall's. Oh, hey. <laughs> Look what Randall can do. <laughs> you... <laughs> I wish... Everybody oh, could have seen that. that. Was, he had his that back was to so me. Good. And he heard that and he just slowly turned around in his chair with this just wonderful look Shitty on his face. Grin. Go on. I'm you so excited. On. So I love my suggestions get used. It's did true. You do mine? Did you do mine? She did. No, I didn't. I asked. Not yet. Um, <laughs> but this one was too good to pass up and somehow wasn't already on my list, and I don't know how that's a thing. Uh it's like y'all might be slightly familiar with it, even if you don't know you are and you're not aware of it. How long ago did I throw this at you? Not that long. Oh. Mm -hmm. So today, I'm going to tell you all about the possession and exorcisms of Annalise Michelle. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. It is it a great is a one. good one. It is a good one. So, uh, Anna Elizabeth, or Annalise Michelle, uh, was born on September 21st, 1952 in Liebelfing, Bavaria, West Germany. Uh, her mother, Anna, had given a... Uh, she had given birth to a daughter, Martha, out of wedlock in 1944. Uh, sadly, Martha died of complications from kidney issues when she was only eight years old, uh, and Annalise was four at the time. Her parents welcomed three more daughters over the years, Gertrude, Barbara, and Roswitha. Uh, her father, Joseph, owned a sawmill, uh, making the Michelle family fairly well off for the time. They're right. pretty middle class. Uh, Annalise was a fairly sickly child, um, though no one really knew why. She was constantly sick and teased by the other children for it. Uh, her mother believes that Annalise's illnesses were either because of her own illness and malnourishment during pregnancy, straight up bad luck, or potentially someone wishing harm upon her. Uh, she grew out of it, however, and went on to be a healthy and normal girl, with one friend remembering her as a jolly girl participating in the usual schoolgirl pranks and jokes. Uh, she loved to play the accordion and piano and would go on to be an excellent student, especially in foreign languages like Latin. 
Uh, she wanted to grow up to become a teacher, which both of her parents were super proud of. Uh, the Michelles were a devoutly Roman Catholic family, attending Mass at least twice a week. Her parents were, in a surprise to no one, incredibly strict on their daughters. Uh, the girls took ballroom dance lessons once, and their mother was displeased, to say the least. Oh, wait, what? Why? I don't know. She was like the dude from Footloose. Oh, no. Mayor. It was too loose? Too loose. Too loose. Got too, it. Got it. Two feet, too loose. <laughs> Just not that. She's not about it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was too hyphy. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. like ballroom dancing. Harlots of the devil. Charlatans and heathens. Sluts. Only heathens ballroom dance. Whores. Yeah, she's like, I don't want my children fucking whoring around the ballroom doing the waltz. She waltzing with your long sleeves and your ankle length skirts. Mm. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> um. As young folks often do, the Michelle girls all showed interests in the opposite sex, which was, uh, let's just say that Anna Michelle got a little Augusta Gainey and told her daughters oh, no. that a girl's honor is like a white sheet. Every spot shows. Ew. Yeah. Fucking gross. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I stepped out for the context behind <laughs> that, and it's still fucking gross. Yeah. Is Yeah. So, in another Augusta move, uh, she told her girls that boys were sinful and would make them sick, and that they had to listen to any and everything their priest told them because he was, quote unquote, the guardian of their souls. <laughs> uh, no, ma'am. Girl, yikes. Ma'am. Is what that is. Ma'am. No, um, I'm I'm pretty sure this was all projection on Anna's part, uh, because in addition to extreme religiousness, uh, Anna was forced to wear black when she married Joseph because of her having a child out of wedlock. Oh God! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people believe that she doubled down on her religious beliefs following Martha's death as well. Despite oh, all of this, uh, Annalise was a happy and healthy kid. Until she wasn't. Until Until she she was was not. Uh, When she was 16, Annalise experienced her first seizure. Uh, According to friends, she seemed to black out at school one day and went into a trance-like state where she walked around dazed for a few minutes. Uh, When she came to, she had no idea what happened. Like, she didn't remember it at all. And I can attest to that being a thing. Um, The following year, in 1969, Annalise woke up feeling dazed in the middle of the night and proceeded to wet the bed. Nice. She then went into convulsions. As someone with epilepsy, I can tell you how very disorienting a seizure can be. Uh, It's scary and kind of painful, and it truly sucks. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not breathing, really, for a minute. Right. Uh, And then just the way that your whole body tenses up, you just ache everywhere your whole head hurts your body just is it yeah. sucks yeah, it, sounds it pretty truly shitty. Yeah. sucks and i it it sucks that's all yeah. i can say about it fucking blows anyhow uh this episode her seizure would go on to be detailed later she woke up and could not move a giant force was pinning her down it pressed on her abdomen and she could feel her warm urine spilling out oh no her breathing became labored in utter panic she wanted to call to her sisters but no sound came out her tongue was as if paralyzed holy mother of god she thought i must be dying oh geez yeah uh, following this incident her parents decided to take her to a neurologist named dr luthi uh, who diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy. Now, Q, 
keep this next part in your back pocket for later. Uh, Temporal lobe epilepsy, or TLE, causes seizures, memory loss, and both auditory and visual hallucinations. Uh, TLE can also cause something called Geschwind syndrome, uh, which can cause paranoia, hypergraphia, which is an extensive or compulsive writing or drawing. Hey. Uh, uh, And the hypergraphia can also focus specifically on religion. Hyposexuality, meaning complete lack of interest in sex of any kind and hyperreligiosity which according to ye old wikipedia is defined as increased usually intense religious feelings and philosophical interests and partial temporal lobe epilepsy patients experiencing frequent auras perceived as numinous in character exhibit greater ictal and interictal spirituality okay some auras include ecstatic experiences it has been reported that many religious leaders exhibit this form of epilepsy. Furthermore, in someone from a strongly religious background, hyperreligiosity may appear as deeply felt atheism. There are reports of patients converting between religions. A few patients internalize their religious feelings. When asked if they are religious, they say that they are not. So, yes, it can be a very weird side effect of this kind of epilepsy. Interesting. Yeah, like automatic writing, drawing, and just <clears throat> super interreligion one way or another. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, just remember that for later. In February of 1970, Annalise was hospitalized for about six months after contracting tuberculosis. Oh, shit. Yeah. It, she. So she had gone in to have just a basic tonsillectomy and then they kept her in the hospital because she, got she the had galloping consumption. she got the galloping consumption and pleurisy pleurisy and pneumonia and the tb all at the same time holy fuck she was ill yeah she damn. was she was ill very sick yeah yeah shit um so at one point she was transferred to a hospital or sanatorium uh a little over 200 miles south of her home that specialized in lung disorders mhm uh, while hospitalized, Annalise experienced heart issues and eventually became incredibly depressed and suicidal from the loneliness and isolation that she was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in June, she had another seizure and uh, was prescribed anti-seizure medications, one of which was Dilantin. I have taken that. And let me tell you, it can wreak absolute havoc on your body. Oh, no. Uh, it did not stop me from having seizures. Um, it was a chewable one that tasted like spearmint. It was a little yellow triangular pill, and it was gross. And um, the doctor that prescribed it to me, they just gave it to me, I was 15, I think, when I took that. Because when I was a baby, they had me on phenobarbital, which is also terrible. But they were like, this one is we use a lot for young folks. Uh Uh-huh. But be sure that you brush your teeth very, very well. Because one of the side effects of Dilantin is it can cause your gums to grow. Oh, like grow over your teeth. Oh god. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Do you have to chew it? Can you just swallow it? Um, I don't It would do the I'm, same shit, wouldn't it? I'm sure there is one that is for swallowing. Here, let's but, give you some gum tooth. But what since it's fuck? for since it's for children oh, mostly. Yeah, they made it they chewable. made it a chewable. I get. Mm. Yeah. Still, um, no. yeah. It's it was gross all around, and I was like, 
obsessively brushing my teeth. I'm like, absolutely not. No, thank you, please. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there was also that. But, yeah, it did nothing for me. They were just like, well, you had a seizure after 10 years of not having any. So here's this placeholder medication while we figure, while we do a lot of tests. Right, right, right. That sucked. Yeah, I was out of school for like two and a half weeks, I think, my freshman year of high school. Because they're like, um, yeah, it's really fucking weird that you just started having seizures again. I'm like, yeah, you're fucking telling me. I don't like this at all. <sighs> it was a mess. Boo. It was a mess. The last one I had was in 2001, though, so that's good. Except for the fact that it was after a uh, dance team thing oh, yeah. at the gym in my high school. Mm. So I had to be wheeled out on a stretcher in a fucking, like unitard it was cute it was embarrassing yeah like like, everybody's looking at me stop it and then the nurse who was like 75 was like let me help you get out of that i'm like no ma'am no ma'am we're not taking off my unitard i can uni una it is one piece the answer is i can take i can take my unitard and jazz boots off myself thank you miriam like no no thank you please goodbye and yeah that one sucked though because I was sitting on a bench in the locker room and I went to take off my shoes and then I woke up on the floor and I like smacked my head on the concrete floor that sucked I don't recommend it I don't recommend having seizures guys please don't avoid it at all costs they blow Anyhow, okay. Back to back to Annalise Michelle. I mean, if they blow, then I'm in. You're right. Yes. <laughs> Got her. You don't want it. You don't want it. Ew. Uh, so where did that go? Where did that go? Hey, where oh, did oh, so. go? Where do you go, my lovely? It's a great song. I love that song. I had it on a single, a CD single. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like four different versions, which was unnecessary. I was just yeah. gonna say unnecessary. I was like one remix. One's okay, good. three remixes, too many, too many, way too many, far far too many, excessive, unnecessary. So anyway, it didn't. Dylan did not help me, and it didn't help her either. Okay. Uh, following her third major epileptic episode, Annalise was praying the rosary and stopped almost as quickly as she'd started after seeing a demonic face appear in front of her. Okay. Uh, she was so terrified afterwards that she became scared to pray. Um, fellow patients who had mocked her countless times for wetting the bed uh, claimed to have seen her eyes darken and her hands briefly looked like claws during that event. Ew. Uh, she began seeing what she would call devil faces everywhere and at random times throughout the day and was eventually prescribed an uh, antipsychotic called Aolept, which is often used in patients with schizophrenia. If you think it helped, you must be new here. <laughs> Welcome, because here's where it gets worse. Uh, she was released from the hospital in August of 1970 and went back to school. Uh, however, her friends and classmates noticed that she wasn't the same Annalise that they'd known, saying that she had become, quote unquote, withdrawn and very religious, like more openly religious than before. Right. Uh, her depression worsened and her grades had started slipping. So concerned for her daughter's future, Anna Michelle took Annalise back to the doctor where she was prescribed another anti-seizure medication. She's now, like, I don't think she's taking all of these at the same time, uh, but... Again, as someone who has taken many a barbiturate for epilepsy, 
uh, sometimes they do. Or like, here, take all these at the same time. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it helps. You stop having seizures, but then somehow you get kidney stones and it blows again. Huh. They're like, ah, oh, yeah. Don't we, do that. We thought that would happen. Let's take you off of one of these and just keep going. And now one of them may be the cause for so many health issues. Goodbye. Right. Yeah, so that's fun. Um, anyhow, took her to the doctor, gave her another medicine, medicine, medication. Medicine. 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 Medicine is way better. Medicine. The Medicine Society. Totally different story. Uh, so she graduated from high school in 1973 and started taking courses to become a teacher at the University of Würzburg. But her mental health was rapidly declining and she returned home before finishing out the first year. Uh, she continued to see the devil faces, hallucinated during prayers, and started hearing voices tell her that she was damned and that she would rot in hell. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, her auditory hallucinations didn't stop at the demonic voices telling her that she was hellbound either. Uh, she also started hearing knocking on the walls and floors in the middle of the night. Oh, shit. This time, however, uh, her sisters claimed to have heard these knocking sounds as oh, well. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, she suffered from more blackouts and experienced bouts of incredible stiffness where she would become motionless for anywhere from a few minutes to hours. So like in one of the articles I was reading, it said that her legs were like sticks. Yeah. Which makes sense for the, from the, the bits in the movie where like the specific scene where her boyfriend wakes up and she's like locked into that really disfigured fucking weird yeah. position. Yeah, which yeah. by the way was all Jennifer Carpenter. Yeah. She did she, she did that. She killed it in She's that movie. She's an amazing actress. She really is. And that is probably one of my favorite roles of hers. Yeah. I mean, she was great in Dexter, but Deb was just kind of the worst character. Kind of like Skyler in Breaking Bad. Yeah. You know, like I was, was like I I see where I see where you're coming from, well, like, but also you're just the worst. With these characters, all of them are doing the right thing. Yeah, but they're just so. But they're portrayed unlikable. so horribly. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, I probably would do the same thing too. But you're kind of an ass. Yeah. Oh, so we were talking about Jennifer's or extras of Emily Rose. Yes. Uh, so you know the scene where she, her boyfriend wakes up and she's like locked Contorted. into a creepy position. I don't think that I saw that movie. Oh, it's great, oh, it's by great. the way. Uh, so Annalise would start, she was having more blackouts, and she also experienced uh, bouts of stiffness where Ugh. she just like would lock Rigid. up for minutes, two hours. Yeah, just I, depends. I, I went pee, y'all. So she went pee. They're catching so me. Yeah. Just <laughs> telling you what she missed. I snuck out. So she also claimed to occasionally smell, and this is a quote, burnt feces. Oh, no. And initially believed that she was the only one who could smell it, uh, though there were people who claimed to have experienced it as well. Uh, like other people would be like, yeah, I can't. It just smells like literal burning shit. No, thank you. Which, absolutely not. Um, it was around this time when her aversion to any and all religious iconography started. Yeah. Randall showed her a picture from the movie, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, so yeah, any and all religious iconography, she was just absolutely like, mm, nope, not about it. So on another visit to Dr. Luthi, it's rumored that he told 
Anna Michelle to take her daughter to a priest to rule out any demonic activity. Right, well. Uh, under oath, he would later share that, this is his quote, she said that she often saw frats and ghastly faces and that the devil was in her. She further asserted that a judgment of fire would be visited on everyone. She could not get her mind off these things. She had no power of decision and everything was empty in her. Uh, he would also go on to say that he never told the Michelles to seek help from a priest. Which, okay, Dr. Buddy. Dr. Buddy. Dr. Buddy. He's like, I never said that. Wink. I just don't want to get in trouble and lose my medical license. But I definitely didn't say it. Dr. Buddy. <laughs> Dr. Buddy, I think you're full of shit. So Annalise was depressed and fed up with the medical world at this point and already thought that the devil was in her. So a family friend suggested taking her to visit San Damiano. Real, real quick rundown on that. Uh, San Damiano is a church-monastery combo near Assisi, Italy. Okay. Allegedly, this is where St. Francis heard the Lord speak to him while looking at a crucifix or spoke to him through the crucifix in the okay. remnants of the old rundown church and was told to repair it. He did. And now it's a religious destination where you can gaze upon the very crucifix that St. Francis did. Anyhow... Okay. So it's kind of, you know, like yeah. many religious sites throughout the yes. world. So once they'd arrived, uh, Annalise refused to enter. She claimed to have been temporarily blinded by images of the saints and Jesus, like the photos and paintings right. just like blinded her, and said that walking on the hallowed ground felt like she was walking on fire. Uh, she physically couldn't bring herself to walk past the crucifix and also refused to drink water from a well-known holy spring. Uh, on the bus ride back to their accommodations, uh, Annalise lost it. Uh, she apparently started speaking in a very low, almost mannish sounding voice. Uh, she suddenly smelled what was like she herself was emanating a smell that was reported oh, no. as hellishly bad. Like oh, that is God. that is what other people they said it was a hellishly bad smell, and destroyed her rosary by ripping it apart like the Hulk. Oh. Okay, yeah. sis. Yeah. Um, once she returned home, the Michelles began begging priests to perform an exorcism on their daughter, but they were turned away and told to seek help from medical professionals, you know, like the ones that she had been seeing for the last five years or so, because mm -hmm. they're doing such a great job at this point. Uh, one witness, Father Alt, which we'll come back to him shortly, uh, he would go on to say that Annalise told me, and Frau Hein confirmed this, that she was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation, then said that the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. Uh, she looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden, and it seemed to her that while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. Ew. Uh, and I listened to a podcast about this, and we both had the same thought. Uh, gnashing the teeth. I always think of, like, Chatterer from Hellraiser. Uh -huh. oh, sure. But it's more like grinding your yeah, teeth. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Just yeah, violently yeah. grinding your teeth yes. is what that is. I did not know that until the other day. I also, I, I, I gnashing has always given me the, uh, the impression of almost like a dog chomping at you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like that. But it's not. It's just violently grinding your right. teeth, which... Sucks. Is, is worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely worse. Uh, both my sister and one of my really good friends and former roommate grind their teeth. I, It's awful. I hate it. So I can't imagine how 
trippy that would be to just suddenly see all these people in prayer doing that yeah. in your head. Um, this movie should be remade to be this, because <laughs> this, this part? is fucking metal. Yeah. Uh, she got as far as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ in the chapel of the house. She made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. She also noted that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. Um, in any case... The other priest didn't believe Annalise was possessed, and her doctors took her off all of her medications and replaced them with Tegretol. Uh, it's a mood stabilizer, an anti-seizure medication that she'd take until around the time of her death. Uh, in a surprise to no one yet again, they did not help. In fact, her issues worsened in the most terrifying of ways, but I will get there in just a second. So at their wit's end, the Michelles took, uh, they went to one last priest, Father Rodvik, who believed that Annalise was possessed and referred them to another priest. Enter Father Ernst Alt. Uh, after speaking to the family, Father Alt began visiting Annalise at home and prayed with her, once saying she didn't look like an epileptic and therefore believed she must be possessed. Because Epileptics know, have a look? Apparently we do. Huh. It was the 70s. I don't think too much was known about epilepsy. Interesting. <laughs> so... Yeah, didn't look like an epileptic, must be possessed. Soon enough, he was petitioning the church for an exorcism. What he and the family witnessed pre-exorcism was absolutely bone-chilling, and it only got worse over time. Uh, once Annalise started taking the Tegretol, she was already pretty scary at home. But like I said, it got much worse. At this point, Annalise was eating and drinking infrequently and dropped a shocking amount of weight. Uh, apparently her muscles became so tense at one point that it made swallowing nearly impossible and caused her to choke whenever she tried to eat or drink. Uh, she looked skeletal, and when she died, she was rumored to weigh only 68 pounds. Oh, no. Good God. Yeah. In addition to that, she screamed uncontrollably, swore like a sailor, and became incredibly aggressive and occasionally, occasionally violent, biting, throwing things, and hitting people. Okay. Um, apparently she really liked to bite. Huh. Um, she broke any religious artifact she could get her hands on. The episodes of stiffness and paralysis continued. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, she would run through the house in the middle of the night like an Olympian. Oh, that's different. I hate it. <laughs> Do you imagine different. just like being in bed and all of a sudden hearing someone fucking run up at you? Right. No fucking thanks. Yeah. No. no. Especially no, your daughter you. who is deranged at this point. Right. No, uh, thanks. Again, one of those things that I would never stop screaming about. Um, another terrifying thing that happened, uh, she would compulsively do up to 400 squats a day. Oh, my God. Uh, and she would also kneel on the floor and pop back up to a standing position with unnatural speed. That's different. A, I hate yeah. that. I really fucking hate that. You should. I hate that a lot. You truly should. When she died, the autopsy reported that her knees were bruised, the tendons were torn to shreds, and her knees were broken from constant genuflexion. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't yeah. like that at no. all. She tore her fingernails by scratching the walls. She banged her head against the walls and floors. Uh, she displayed what some called superhuman strength 
by tossing her sister across the room like a rag doll, and on another occasion, she squeezed a whole-ass apple until it exploded. Uh, she became unnaturally hot. Like, mm. she was just, like, she had a fever all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would rip off her clothes and run around naked to get some relief. Uh, she filled an old kettle with freezing cold water and uh, rolled around in the coal dust in the basement to cool down. Uh, at one point, she spent two days under the table barking like a dog nonstop. Uh, she started urinating wherever she felt like and would lap it up off the floor. Oh, uh, no. She ate spiders, flies, and other bugs, chewed on coal and her own urine-soaked panties. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember the scene from the movie where yep. they find her eating bugs in the corner. Yep. No, thank you, no. And once she allegedly bit the head off of a dead bird. Oh, no. Uh, she started seeing visions of dead relatives, and stigmata wounds appeared on her hands and feet. So if you don't know what stigmata is, they're the wounds that Jesus had on the cross. Being nailed on the cross yep. through his hands and the feet. Yep. Um, whatever was going on, one thing's for sure, Annalise Michelle was very unwell and needed help. Uh, in 1975, she wrote a letter, a letter to Father Alt saying, I am nothing Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. Which Jesus. is very sad. sad. Um, as I'm sure we've mentioned at some point, getting the church to approve an exorcism isn't a matter of simply asking. Uh, there's a lot of red tape, and it ultimately needs to be a, or it needs approval from the bishop. Yeah, it's got to go through multiple channels. Many channels. So even though Father Alt had been in contact and had pled his case, it was taking what felt like an eternity to get the green light for an exorcism. Uh, During this waiting period, Father Rodvik went to visit Annalise when Father Alt was unavailable. And this is what he would say of that visit in a letter to the state attorney. Hold, please. I need a drink. My throat. Your throat. There we go. Okay, Father Rodvik. When I entered the house, Annalise Michelle lay fully dressed on the floor of the kitchen and could obviously not be addressed. I am of the opinion that she was in a typical hypnotic state in a kind of deep sleep. I should like to remark that such such as state is a symptom of possession. I designate it as a crisis condition. First, I went to the living room with her parents and had them report to me about the condition of their daughter. Then I directed them to bring Annalise into the room and make her sit on the sofa. Her father led her in and held her by the hand because she tried to hit her parents. Uh, She did not look emaciated. I sat down beside her and held her hands. In her trance state, a second personage announced itself, calling itself Judas. I had asked, what is your name? And the answer came, Judas. She spoke with an altered, much lower voice. I had held her by her wrists. During the conversation, I noticed that her cramped muscles relaxed. She came to and looked at me with surprise. Apparently, it was not until then that she had noticed me consciously. Subsequently, I was able to carry on an entirely reasonable conversation with her. I told her that we would not desert her and that we would help her. I was thinking of priestly aid through exorcism. Suddenly, the cramps started again. I asked her family to take her back to the kitchen. I told them that I knew enough about the case, that I had found confirmation of my surmise that we were dealing with a case of possession, and that I would have to consider what could be done. When I left the house, Annalise came out of the kitchen and slapped my cheek. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. 
So following his visit, Father Rodvik also reached out to the church to confirm Father Alt's requests for an exorcism. Uh, in the fall of that year, 1975, Bishop Stangle gre- granted the request and sent local priest, Father Arnold Renz, to perform the ritual in complete secrecy. He's like, all right, y'all can have your exorcism, but don't you fucking tell anybody about this. Damn. Which feels accurate. Uh, after the first one, on September 24th, 1975, Father Renz took to his journal and wrote, and this is all his words, 24 September 1975 arrive at 16 hours start at exorcism according to instructions Annalise or rather the demons behaved rather quietly at first Annalise is being shaken more and more strongly Annalise or rather the demons react most violently against holy water she starts screaming and raging Annalise knows everything she knows what it is that she said apparently she is always fully conscious no amnesia at all uh, Annalise is held by three men so she would not injure herself or others by Herr Hein, her friend Peter, who was her boyfriend from college, and her father. She wants to bite right and left. She kicks toward me. Sometimes she simply hits toward the front. At first she sits on a chair, then on the couch. She is not allowed to remain lying down. Uh, sometimes she does it, but has to get up right away. She complains that the devil sits in her lower back. Occasionally she, occasionally she screams, especially if she is sprinkled with holy water. At times, she howls like a dog. Repeatedly, Ooh. she says, stop with that shit, or you shit guy, or you dirty sow, put that shit away, holy water. Actually, she does not say very much, uses even the obscenities sparingly. In the end, during the Gloria Patri, which we pray together repeatedly, she becomes furious. The entire session lasted from 16 hours to 21.30, which I believe is 4 to 8.30. Uh, afterwards, she said, yes, yeah. you should have continued. Apparently, she felt that the demons were being routed. Uh, when she said goodbye, she was actually quite lively. The entire matter must have been very strenuous for her. She consumes a lot of energy, considering that three men are holding her down, and she continually struggles against them. Damn. Over the next few weeks, some of the demons named themselves to the priests. But you know what? Some of these sessions, 42 of them, were recorded. And I have a couple of clips if you want to hear it. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, you can't unhear it, and it is absolutely fucking terrifying. Okay. So let me let me get this pulled up. Because my nose it's is frozen. Oh, fucking boy. It's frozen? My nose is frozen. That's good. It's fucking nice in here. Okay. Make Look sure. at the temperature. Mm-hmm. Oh, even <laughs> nice. Okay. And I oh balls. I will also pause between them, so because uh, they are in German. Okay. So I will do a little translation for you because I wrote it down. I don't like that. No. So I hate that. I my phone was being a dick, but the first thing you hear a man, it's Father Renz saying, "Why are you here at all?" And then Annalise growls. 
and says, I have the right to be in this woman. I will carry this brat so long until she croaks, this dumbass bitch. She screams, for us there is no coming back, never, for all eternity. So I don't know how well that one did you hear? Were you able to hear? Uh-huh. Okay. So that one, Father Wren says, Say your name. And Annalise responds, I'm Judas and Nero, Cain, and Hitler. That's five of us. Father Wren's, Who is the sixth? Annalise, we lied about him. And in the background, you can hear a woman, not quite sure who it was, say, Lucifer. Father Wren's, You lied about him? So there are hours. Of recordings available out there, but I just wanted to play a couple of quick clips for you. Uh, after claiming to have lied about Lucifer being one of the demons inside of her, Annalise brought up the disgraced priest Valentin Fleischmann, who was defrocked in 1575 for bad behavior, aka alcoholism, assault, and attempted murder, and murder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, according to Father Renz, despite Annalise's extensive religious studies, there is no way she could have known about Fleischmann in such great detail. Which yeah. is another right. sign of demonic possession. Right. Knowing shit that, that you shouldn't you know. absolutely should not have any knowledge of. Um, the exorcisms continued, and they were rough. Uh, they occurred once or twice a week for about four hours. Um, and Annalise was frequently restrained during them so she didn't hurt herself or anyone else. During the rituals, she often gagged and vomited while straining against the restraints. Uh, By June, Annalise had stopped taking her medications, and no medical professionals were called in to help, despite her inability to eat and her increasingly fragile mental and physical health. Uh, Apparently, she told people, she's like, do not call the doctor. Um... She was unable to move without assistance near the end, and it's believed that she had contracted pneumonia around this time as well. Uh, The final exorcism was performed on June 30th, 1976, and in a recording, Father Renz shared, On June 30th, she suddenly said, Please, absolution, during the exorcism. At first, I did not understand what she meant, and I asked Peter, What did she say? He repeated it for me, Please, absolution. Of course, I immediately gave her the absolution. Absolution. That was the last word she spoke to me. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, The next morning, July 1st, Anna Michelle found her daughter dead in her room. She was only 23 years old. Jesus Christ. Damn. Do they know the cause of death? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the autopsy report stated that Annalise had died from severe dehydration and malnutrition caused by nearly a year's worth of near starvation during the exorcism rituals. Uh, In addition to the broken knees I talked about earlier, she had two black eyes, broken teeth, and bruises all over the rest of her body. Jesus. Yeah, Uh, I've seen photos. It's not great. Uh, No, it's really not. Uh, Some reports claim that her organs all looked completely normal and healthy despite her body, uh, despite everything her body had endured, and that her brain showed no signs of um, epilepsy or seizures. That's weird. Which is very weird. And apparently her pupils were also like super dilated at the time of her death and autopsy. Uh, The media caught wind of what had happened and an investigation into the death of Annalise Michelle was conducted. Uh, The courts found that fathers Alt and Renz and Annalise's parents were all guilty of negligent homicide. Oh, Um, snap. 
with the state prosecutor claiming Annalise could have been saved even a week before her death if she had just been taken to a hospital. Uh, the trial started in March of 1978, and despite their evidence of demonic possession, both priests were sentenced to six months in jail with three years pro uh, probation, though they never ended up serving any time and both paid fines instead. Um, as for the Michelles, they were exempt from punishment as the courts believed they had already suffered enough, which was also apparently right. a, some kind of ruling or statute in German courts at the time. They're like, you've already suffered. gone through yeah. way too much. You don't, we're not adding insult to injury here. Um, Bishop Joseph Stengel, who had approved the exorcisms for Annalise, said that in the future, he would only approve an exorcism if the possessed person agreed to having a medical professional present during the ritual. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Michelles ordered Annalise's body to be exhumed after the trial. And this is, mind you, two years after she was buried. Initially, they claimed that they wanted to rebury her in a nicer coffin as they had been rushed the first time around and just mm -hmm. like put her in whatever. whatever. I don't care. Um, though some claim the decision to exhume their daughter came after a nun claimed to have had a vision of Annalise perfectly intact in her coffin, which is apparently another sign of demonic possession. Just okay. like she looked... No decomp. No decomp at all. When she was exhumed, her body showed signs of decomposition as expected. <clears throat> and she was laid to rest a second time in a tin-lined oak coffin. Ooh. Not sure why it was lined in tin. If anybody knows, you Let know where to know. send that info. Um, following Annalise's case, exorcisms in Germany greatly decreased in numbers and stricter rules for approving and performing the rituals, rituals were implemented. Um... Father, or what is it? no, sorry, not Father, Franz Barthel, a reporter for the Main Post paper at the time of the trial, shared the surprising thing was that the people connected to Michelle were all completely convinced that she really had been possessed. Buses, often from Holland, I think, still come to Annalise's grave. The grave is a gathering point for religious outsiders. They write notes with their quests and thanks for her help and leave them on the grave. They pray, sing, and travel on. Huh. So what happened to Annalise Michelle? Was she suffering from an undiagnosed mental illness, as many have suggested? Uh, her epilepsy wouldn't have caused the psychosis, but some people believe that there was a connection somehow. Maybe disassociative identity disorder, a.k.a. DID, was responsible. Or was she truly a victim of an extreme case of demonic possession? We'll never truly know, which is perhaps the scariest part of all. Well, damn. And that is the possession and exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Damn. 67 exorcisms over 10 months. That's insane. Yeah, I've seen photos. It ain't great. Oh, no. And there are so many more recordings out there. They are yeah. equally horrifying. Yeah. No, that's pretty scary. Terrifying sounding. Yeah. Uh, I hate them. Yes. I hate them should. all. There were other, um, other claims of... Like in the movie, Exorcism of Emily Rose, that We Are Legion was yes. another one. Um, that's the first one that comes to mind right now. I know there were more. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of demons in there, she said. Creepy as fuck. So creepy. Uh, so sources, Ranker.com, Melissa Sartor, Vino.com, Wikipedia.org, Washington Post, two articles, one by Eric T. Hansen, the other by Michael Gettler. Allthat'sInteresting.com, Gabe Pauletti, 
uh, certainlycomment.wordpress.com, uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Cult Leader Podcast with Spencer Henry, uh, The Exorcism of Annalise Michelle by Felicitas D. Goodman, and Lessons Learned, The Annalise Michelle Exorcism, John M. Duffy. Damn. Yeah. Creepy. So creepy. And it's just, I, I don't know. Was she possessed? Was she just severely mentally unwell? <sighs> it's a hard one. Really hard to say. But temporal lobe epilepsy would not have led to a lot of that. But there are some things that I'm like, okay, like when she smelled hellishly bad, uh, one of the medications she was taking, I believe she was on Tegretol at the time, mm -hmm. and that is known for making you smell weird. Interesting. Or it can in some people. Hard to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be all all of the above. All of the above. You know, because when someone is in that type of mentally weakened state, mm -hmm. that is the prime opportunity for entities to attach. Exactly. So, I mean, it could be all of the fucking above. It could be all of them. And that was one of the things, because I saw Exorcism of Emily Rose in the theaters. Mm -hmm. And it focuses mostly on the trial. And oh, isn't it Laura Linney? That uh, plays the lawyer in yes. that? Yes, yeah, it's Laura Winnie. She's great. Um, and so it's the majority of it is about the trial after her death. Um, but then the flashbacks of the, you're like, oh, I hate it. Right. Yeah. But there was one scene in particular, and this was before like, I was investigating or anything. I just knew that like something, I knew something was up with right. me in regards to paranormal things. And the priest is on the stand talking about how people that are more sensitive to things like that, mm -hmm. like paranormal or whatever, are more susceptible to being possessed. And I was like, yeah, I hate everything that's happening right now. <laughs> this is absolutely <laughs> fucked. Oh, no. No, thank you. And it was very scary. But yeah, I was like, it's a, it's a really good movie. I do. You would very it. much like it. But you know me. I, I watch movies like years later than everybody else. Uh, I have a very interessante story. I do love interessante stories. Yeah. So today I have a haunted location. A location. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about New York's House of Death. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, we are. So buckle up. <laughs> I'm ready. Number 14 West 10th Street in Greenwich Village is a beautiful brownstone that, according to legend, has seen 22 deaths. Huh. Built in 1856 and was home to some of New York's most elite families, including the widow of the founder of the Metropolitan Underground Railroad and the Broadway Underground Railroad, Mr. James Borman Johnston. He was also responsible for founding a reading room, a library, the 10th Street Studio Building, which was the first modern facility designed solely to serve the needs of artists, galleries, uh, as well as annually funding resident artists. So he was kind of like a really rad dude. Okay. Well, when Mr. Johnston died in 1887, his wife and daughters moved into the home at number 14 West 10th Street. The home was owned by the widow Johnston for around 10 years. And when the home was then bought by Fred H. Andrew in 1897, that was when the home's reputation started. Mm. Now, Fred Andrew 
and I tried to find a lot. I there's really not a lot on him, but he was apparently a cycling celebrity back in the day. Huh. Right. Like, okay. When was this again? 1897. So I'm thinking like that, you know, those bikes with the big giant. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. He was a cycling celebrity back in the day. I really want to know what that means. I tried. (laughs) And according to the New York Times, uh, dated August 9th, 1897, he was riding recklessly and hit an eight-year-old boy. Oh, no. Now, the child did not die, which, yay. Great. But he did break a leg and Andrew was arrested. Oh, no. Which is kind of anticlimactic, but that is the first story of odd happenings with owners of the home. Now, next up to live in the home was none other than Mark Twain, who took up residence in 1900 and he would live there just under a year. Twain, who was a skeptic, did not believe in ghosts, but he did write about an experience he had in his 10th Street home. He said that one night he witnessed a large piece of kindling move up into the air by itself. Oh. So Twain, naturally, grabbed his gun and shot at it, as one does. I mean, I feel like there's probably better ways to... Well, uh, he did it. But yeah, yeah, I mean... He shot it. Okay. And the wood fell to the ground... Uh, yeah. And there were a few small drops of blood on the floor, which led him to the conclusion that it had been a rat. And that is the story that he struck. He stuck to. He's like, he's like, I didn't see the rat, but I shot that wood. It fell out of the air and there was blood. So it was definitely a rat. Sounds like conclusive evidence to me. Hi, yes. bro. I mean, no, but. Right. Okay. So, you, you tell yourself uh-uh. whatever you need. Yeah. Conclusive evidence. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Twain died in Connecticut in 1910. But he is the first and most notable ghost that is said to have been seen in the house. Ooh. As the demand for housing grew in New York City, many brownstones were converted into multifamily apartments. 14 West 10th Street was no exception and was transformed from a single family home into 10 apartments in 1937. Okay. One of the new tenants and her daughter were the first to spart. Spart? Words (laughs) are hard. (laughs) To spart. Words are hard. They were the first to spot Twain. And he was seen in their apartment in a white suit, sitting, looking out the window. They approached him like, hey, guy, what? Wh- why are you in my house? Hey, buddy. What you, what's what's you, you doing? doing? And then Mark Twain is like, I'm a motherfucking ghost. Just well, kidding. I, it's a rat. He turned, you need to know. Right. He turned to them and said, my name is Clemens. Yeah. And I has name. a problem here I got to solve. And then he dis-a-fucking-peered into thin air. Nice. That seems like a very fucking Mark Twain thing to say. Uh-huh. Right. I has a problem here? Yeah. My name is Clemens, and I has a problem here I got to solve. Which, that is true. Samuel Clemens. Yep, Samuel Clemens was his real name. So, in 1957, actress and writer Jane Bryant Bartell and her husband Fred moved into an apartment at number 14 West 10th. They moved into the top floor apartment, which used to be the servants' quarters. Almost immediately, Bartell said she felt a monstrous moving shadow that loomed up behind her, saying that it would often follow her around the house and then the strange occurrences started, small as they do. 
Uh, the sound of footsteps following her upstairs, a brush against the back of her neck when her hair was up, a strange rotting smell that would seemingly come and go like smoke. I don't like that. Then one evening, she saw the ghostly figure of a man standing in her hallway. No. She reached out to try to touch him, and she said that when she did, it was like nothing she had ever experienced before. She described it as... A substance without substance, chilly and damp, diaphanous as marsh mist or a cloud of ether. I could feel my fingers freeze at the tips. They were numb, yet they tingled. In the split second between contact and recoil, the scent came. Fragile and languorous and sweet. Unbearably and cloyingly sweet. The smell of rotten food also... Uh, ramped up a bit, and then later rotten food would just show up on their dining room table that they didn't put out. No, thank you. Back to the touching thing. Right. I feel like the only way my brain can make sense of it is like when you have dry ice. Yes. And you get too close to it with your bare skin. Agreed. Yeah. Um, The couple's animals would also get aggressive for no reason, as if they were being harassed by something the Bartels couldn't see. Nope. Jan said that she also saw the ghost of Mark Twain and that he told her almost the exact same thing that he told the woman back in 1937. Oh. He had a problem he had to fix. Jan would find furniture moved from its usual place and sometimes the sound of crashing glass would chase her around the building. No. Well, eventually they had fucking enough. Uh, Bartel and her husband decided to fight back. They called in a paranormal expert and a medium to see if they could help. The the paranormal expert was parapsychologist Hans Holzer. And if that name sounds familiar to you, well, that's for a couple reasons. The first being that he was, he and one of his trans mediums that he regularly worked with investigated the Amityville Horror House. Yep. And the other is that there is a show on the Travel Channel hosted by our dear friend Dave Schrader called the Holzer Files. Now, Hans worked with three trans mediums, and I couldn't find which one specifically investigated for the Bartels. He worked with three regularly. Yeah, wasn't one of them named Ethel? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, So immediately the medium felt a presence. So she said that there was something dead under the floorboards. Hate it. Three things. A young girl with curly hair, blue eyes and a tiny nose, an aborted child, and a small gray cat. Well, I hate all of that. Then suddenly, the medium went into a trance-like state, as trance mediums do, and started to channel a spirit that said her name was Rini Mallison. She said she was 19 years old and that she was born in 1848. She blamed President Lincoln for killing her husband, Henry McDermott, by making him fight in the Civil War, and she cried over her aborted child. The paranormal expert, Hans Holzer, had heard enough. He told the spirits to vacate the premises immediately because the Bartels were the rightful occupants. The medium, still channeling the spirit, said, never, I will never leave here. Bartel Bartel recalled her saying, they will have to go. This is my home. I will never leave. And after that, the Bartels didn't feel safe. They moved away shortly after. 
though Bartell later said that she could never shake the feeling that the house had poisoned her. Ooh. The couple moved around the city for a while, and Jan decided to write a book on her experiences at the home on West 10th called Spindrift, Spray from a Psychic Sea. Hmm. In her book, she also talked about the nine deaths that occurred in the building during the time that she and Fred lived there. Nine. The first was 24 hours after they had moved in. There were heart attacks, suicides, and murders. Jan and Fred moved to New Rochelle in early 1973, and on June 18th, Jan Bartell committed suicide. Mm. Her book was published on January 1st, 1974, and her ghost is said to haunt the building at West 10th. Okay. Since 1897, with the accident of Fred Andrew, rumors, stories, and legends of the building and its deaths, its ghost, and the building itself being cursed, were told by many and believed by some. But what happened in 1987 turned some skeptics into believers as far as the building being cursed. I was 15 when this happened, and I remember it well. Oh. This is the murder of six-year-old Lisa Steinberg. Mm. At around 6.40 a.m., November 1st, a 911 call came in from children's author Hedda Nussbaum. She said that her daughter Lisa wasn't breathing. She told the dispatcher that the little girl had choked on her food and had vomited, but then she also just sort of threw in that she had been roller skating a lot lately and been falling down. Ooh. Bank that. That feels like a red flag. Uh-huh. An ambulance was dispatched, and when the paramedics arrived, shit was not okay. Not only was the apartment f- fucking just squalid and just Ooh. disgusting, mm. they found Lisa lying naked, and unresponsive on the kitchen floor. Her baby brother, 16-month-old Mitchell, was tied to his playpen, soaked in his own urine. Hedda was covered in bruises, had two black eyes, a busted lip, and a nose that was flattened and split down the middle. Oh, God. As well as several broken bones. Like a snake. Yeah. Her yeah. her face had been beaten so many times that her na- her nose oh, was God, flat and part. yeah Jesus flat and split. <laughs> the police arrived and investigators found weed, cocaine, hash, twenty crack pipes. That is a lot of crack and pipes. Twenty five thousand dollars in cash in the apartment, as well as multiple blood stains throughout the apartment. Lisa was taken to the hospital where she died three days later. After having uh, being proclaimed brain dead and being taken off life support, no. her autopsy revealed that her cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. Hedda and her common law husband, criminal defense attorney Joel Steinberg, were both arrested and charged with first degree murder. Turns out that Lisa and Mitchell were not their biological children and had been adopted illegally. Oh, no. And Mitchell was immediately returned to his family. Oh, good. See, Steinberg had been hired by a single mother named Michelle Launders to locate suitable a suitable adoptive family for Lisa, but he instead took the child home and raised her with Nussbaum. Oh, so it's like a I assume baby he, farming situation. I assume he did the same with Mitchell. I would guess. Hedda, who started out in the case as the co-defendant, soon became a witness. It was decided that due to a decade of physical abuse and torture, 
that she was unable to help Lisa when she was being abused. Well, y'all, prepare to be really, really fucking mad. Because through Hedda's testimony, this is really what happened to Lisa that night. Oh, no. And uh, if child abuse is a trigger for you, don't. Just don't. On November 1st, Joel was going out to dinner. And then he was going to go party with some friends. And Lisa wanted to go with him. Just plain and simple, Daddy, can I go with you? He said she couldn't go and hit her upside the head with a rubber-headed hammer. He was on a crackbender. Hedda said that Lisa was unconscious when Joel left, but instead of calling for help, she sat and waited for Joel to come back because she truly believed that he was the only one that would be able to wake Lisa up. Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. Um, Joel came back hours later, but instead of calling 911, they both freebased cocaine until dawn. Oh, Christ. Then Hedda made the almost 7 a.m. 911 call. In exchange for testifying against Steinberg, Nussbaum was not prosecuted for the events related to Lisa's death, but she was sent to a psychiatric hospital after the trial. On November 1st, 1987... Joel Steinberg, accused of rape and murder, because yes, y'all, she was sexually violated as well, was found guilty. But, and this is probably going to blow y'all's minds because it did me, uh, in New York State at the time, first-degree murder applied only to those who killed police officers or had committed murder while already serving a sentence for a previous murder. What? The jury was unable to convict Steinberg on the more serious charge of second-degree murder as well, but it did convict him of the lesser charge of first-degree manslaughter. No! And this was the 80s, right? Uh Uh-huh. 87, baby. Oh, for fuck's sake. Judge Harold Rothwax, however, sentenced him to the maximum penalty that was then available for that charge, which was... 8 to 25 years in prison. On two occasions, Steinberg was denied parole, mainly because he never expressed remorse for the killing. However, on June 30th, 2004, he was paroled under the state's good time law, good behavior, fuck you, Mm -hmm. which mandates release of inmates who exhibit good behavior while incarcerated after having served two-thirds or more of the maximum possible sentence. New York State has since increased this ratio to six-sevenths of the maximum term for persons convicted of violent felonies. Steinberg spent most of his imprisonment at New York State's Supermax Prison, the Southport Correctional Facility, presumably to prevent him from being attacked by other inmates, to which I call bullshit because they should have let him get the justice he fucking deserved. Yeah. After his release, he moved to Harlem, where I suppose he still fucking is today because he's alive. I read an article in the New York Post that interviewed him in 2017. I read it, and I will not quote anything that man had to say because he's a vile piece of shit that I would happily serve some flypaper tea to Mm -hmm. if I could refrain from killing him with my bare fucking hands. Fair. I'm not going to quote anything that he said because it is that vile. And guess what, y'all? He still has no remorse. And he's out. And he's old. The only thing I can say is that when people 
recognize him, he gets punched in the face and beaten regularly. Good. Which is good. But he still has no remorse and he's a he's gonna burn in fucking hell. So anyway, to this day, residents of the House of Death report seeing ghosts as well as the usual shenanigans, sounds, footsteps, flickering lights. Um, a man named Dennis, as of a 2012 article, had lived there for 20 years, right under the apartment that the Bartels had lived in. He's seen a woman with a cat float through his walls for 20 fucking years. Okay. Dennis also said he believes the accounts in Jan Bartel's book Spindrift. The first copy he got was from a girl he met while browsing the Strand for books about the occult. A copy of the book fell off the shelf and into her hands. He was like, okay, well, I'll buy that. He has owned the book 10 times, but for some reason, the copies keep disappearing. The home currently in private ownership, the building has resided in today and continues to add stories of hauntings to the legends of paranormal activity in the house of death. I don't know who lives there. It is a private family, but they do say, yes, this bitch is haunted. I like that because usually they're like, absolutely not. Yes. It's not haunted. Yeah. Wink, probably. Yeah, it's been transformed back to a single family home. And they're like, yep, we're not going to talk about it. You don't need to know who we are, but yep. She hainted. Yes, sir. I want to go to there. And that is the story of New York's House of Death. Incredible. 22 deaths. That is a lot. Yep. That's a lot. My sources are NewYorkPost.com, Reuven Fenton. Elizabeth Rossner and Bruce 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 Golding. That's a name. Yeah. Medium.com, Edward Anderson, Astonishing Legends, NewYorkPost.com, Tim Donnelly, Untapped New York, SixSquareFeet.com, Devin Gannon, NewYorkGhosts.co, Lance. I just love, Lance. Just Lance. I love when that happens. Wiki. Findagrave.com and medium.com. Christina Alperti. Nice. Yeah. That's good. I remember when that happened. Oof. I remember it really fucking well. I remember had a noose bomb. Um, I when, knew that and, name sounded familiar for some reason. And when you see her face, you'll probably be like, oh, fuck. Yep. Nope. I do remember these news articles. Her face has been literally, he beat her face flat. Um, so after the trial, she was sent to a psychiatric hospital where she spent a very long time. Um, and she continued to live in New York until his release and she left the state. She was so terrified. Fair. She was absolutely fucking terrified that she left the state of New York. I do not blame her at all. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 So do you see your face? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he beat her face flat, like a pug. That is just... He is a vile, fucking evil man. So, yuck. there is that. There is that. Oh, I, I forgot uh, earlier. So, this is a tweet from Deborah Tate. Oh. Uh, on the 18th. A sincere thank you to the governor, Gavin Newsom, for overturning the parole board's recommendation to parole Manson killer Bruce Davis. Thank you, governor. So he was up for parole again, and Gavin Newsom was like, I don't nah. think so, motherfucker. You're going to die in prison. 
Yeah. So, fuck yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. There's also, uh, if you go, I believe it's on Deborah Tate's Twitter, but it's no parole for Manson Family dot com. Yes, no parole for Manson Family dot com, and you can sign all of the petitions to keep them all in prison for fucking ever, like they deserve. Damn. Yep. I have signed. I think there's. I can't remember. I think there's like four or five petitions for. It's for each individual person. Yeah. Uh, and there, she's like. Go there, you you can sign petition, share it, keep those motherfuckers in jail forever. There's no reason, yeah. There's no no reason to let them out. Yeah, meh, so. Especially now? No. All right, well, fuck, we done done it. We done fucking done it. I'm freezing my ass off, so we're done. Really? (laughs) I am so fucking cold. Oh. It's okay, though. It's, It's, I mean... Second, we open the door, I'm going to be hot. So, oh yeah, yeah. it's it's a yeah. sauna out there. It's a sauna out it's there. It's bad. Complete difference yeah. from earlier when yes. it was just so. Well, we done balls. done it. We did done do it. Got some good stories today. Yeah, some slip slop nippy noop not some nippy nips. Nippy nip nip nip. Slippy dip dip slippy dippy. You gotta get a slippy dippy nippy nippy. Someone just requested ten dollars for me for dog food on Facebook. That's or on Venmo rather. That's weird. Do you yeah. know this person? No. Well, that's even well, weirder. That's I have a no typo. idea who this is. You're like, oh. Right? You kind of have to specifically search out my username on Venmo to do that, too. Yeah. That's well, weird. That's, mm, okay. Yeah, right. I don't like that. Yeah. That feels like a trick. Yeah. So, uh, y'all know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Yes, please. Share, share, share. If you would like some exclusive motherfucking content, mm-hmm. go become a patron on our Patreon. Do that. Hey. We're on Instagram. Go follow us there. Also, yes, we're also on the Twatter. We're on the Twatter. Go do that. And the Facebook. The Facebook. We're you everywhere. Can go join our squad page where also, you can yes. sit there and talk with other people who listen to our show. Yeah. You share memes. It's great. Yeah, share. It's, like, it's like a private club. It is. It's very fun. Share memes. Very share exclusive. TikToks. Ask questions. Yeah. You know, share your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Everybody's super things. chill in there. It's yeah. great. Everybody's great. So. I think there's like 150 of you in there right now, which is fucking rad. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Dr. Vendo, we're fucking waiting for you. Uh, come on, buddy. Randall we miss you. you. We, we miss you so. We miss you so. Oh, so, man. all right. Well, shit. Till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. And bye. And bye. Hats off to the fuck you club. That fucking I feel guy. like it's this guy. It's, oh, and it's today, that fucking guy. A very epic and heartfelt fuck you to Joel Steinberg. Yeah. You piece of fucking shit. I will shit in your freezer. I would kill you with my bare fucking hands and no one would fucking care because you're a monster that deserves to fucking die. She meant it. I'll She's... shit in your mouth. <laughs> He's going to poop in your mouth. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Poop is too nice a word for this man. <laughs> I'm going to shit. You know, I'm going, here's an even what better do. word, defecate. I'm going to eat. Here's what I found out about myself yesterday. <laughs> uh oh. I am going to go eat some bomb ass Ethiopian food. Oh, that'll get you. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Oh, it did. That yeah. combined with two drinks and actually enough sleep fucked me up the whole day. It'll, it'll happen. I'm going to eat a bunch of Ethiopian food. Oh, no. And I'm going to come to that prison while you sleep. Oh, he's out of prison. He's in Harlem, living free. Should have listened. I'm going to come to Harlem. (laughs) I'm going to first start in your freezer. 
<laughs> because you need a surprise the next day after I shit all over your open my eyes and mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Goodbye. You fucking monster. Bye. <laughs>